Yeah, so this is actually number 51 of, awesome. of the Floatcast. I had been doing it for a while when I first opened up and uh, to kind of get myself more into floating, to be honest, and it helped kind of spread the word about floating and also kind of help other float centers that were looking to open up because this was 2013, so there wasn't really a lot of information at all about floating. So it's like if you could find anything and spread the information, you were the man. you know. So I tried to kind of do my part for, for that as well. Be um, like a trailblazer. Yeah, it's somewhat. Yeah. Um, and then after we opened up, we started having people come in that would float and talk about their experiences and how they enjoyed it. And I think we kind of we tried to do a few too many things at once, including the podcast. And unfortunately, the podcast kind of fell to the wayside. So, and then we even recorded a few of them here and there, and um, never really released them, just because I wanted to make sure we had a few before we released them. And then it's like I didn't want to just release them here and there. So it kind of just fell off. So I haven't recorded one in over two years. It's, it's been it's been quite a while. I mean, we've all been bouncing back from COVID and everything like that. Everything, all of our priorities have kind of been spread a little too thinly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a little weird. So I am happy to be back here on the Floatcast. This is episode number 51, and we have Dan joining us. How's it going? What's going on, brother? Uh, I'm happy to be here. I've, you know... Found float about two years ago, and it transformed everything in my life. Nice, everything for the better too. Right <laughs> now, you uh, around about how many floats have you have you done? Uh, probably close to twenty four. All right, that's a good give or take. Man, yeah. it's a good amount of hours in the tank. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So all the floats here are ninety minutes. We don't do sixty minute floats. Um, just because from the beginning, what I realized was people liked the 60s but they loved the 90 minute floats that extra half hour especially in the beginning um your first like four or five or six floats really makes a difference and then kind of i don't know almost like once you get that muscle memory like sometimes like you know when i happen for a float within like two minutes i am like gone so i sometimes only need 70 or 75 minutes or so because i've kind of i don't know almost mastered it too somewhat you know absolutely um, usually anyway you know sometimes that floats where i don't I, I definitely found that like the first 30 minutes was very, very hard for the first time to kind of settle down. But once I was settled in, then it just noticed my the, the time it took for me to get settled in to the float experience was just like less and less each and every time. Right, right, right. So what do you, what originally brought you in when for your float? So I actually, um, I was very much overweight. I put on a lot of weight during COVID and pre-COVID and I got very lazy and my physical wellness was just literally to the wayward side. But as I said before, priorities kind of got skewed and I decided that I, you know, I, I had a, a moment where, with my son actually uh, riding his bicycle, trying to teach him how to ride it. Uh, I couldn't keep up and I needed to lose weight. And I was noticing that I was experiencing a lot of aches and pains throughout my body and I was desperate for pain relief and somebody suggested float and i went jumped into it and i felt pain-free for the first time and i was like whoa there's something to this <laughs> let me try this again <laughs> and it evolved into something more for me because as i was in my weight loss journey i decided i wanted to become an arm wrestler and i was training heavily wait with, what yeah I knew that you. Uh, I I knew that you you were an arm wrestler, but I didn't know that was 
the transition came yeah. through like that. And I didn't know it was that recent, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. No, it definitely became I, – I decided to lose the weight and decided to be healthy. But I didn't just want to be skinny. I wanted to be strong too. I want to be the strongest version of myself. And I had remembered that I, I enjoyed the arm wrestling sport and there was – a lot more to it than met the eye on the initial, you know, visit to the sport. And I said, you know, maybe float can help me out with that. And it did, it did. It, it generated a, uh, a mantra that I live by now. Um, <clears throat> I go into a tournament setting um, right before I come into the float therapy with a singular thought process. And it's on repeat in my mind, visualize the win, visualize the pin. And it's a singular thought, simplistic thought, but there's so much that goes into it. And I'm actually shadow arm wrestling during my float sessions now. I'm encountering each and every previous match and upcoming match as if it's right there in front of me. And it allows for me to put a focus on myself that I've never been able to do so. And it gives me that mind-body connection and understanding of what I'm asking my body to do. And it's not natural, the arm wrestling sport. It's not, you know, we're, 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 going, we're competing against another man's will or another individual's will and strength, and you're pinned up against them, you know, mano a mano. And um, to be able to go to a place where I can focus, Floats facilitated that. Wow, man. So visualize the win, visualize the pin. Is that yep. it? That's the mantra. Wow. And so that was... You kind of say that kind of to yourself going into the float and during the float. And then in your float, you kind of... Uh... I actually will say it out loud right before I go to sleep. Like, literally, it is the final thought that I... Before I drift away, it's just something that's like literally on repeat in my head. Verbally, physically. And it's only came to fruition because of float. Wow. Like I, I, I sat there and I was like, how can this help me in not just my overall wellness, my mental health, but what can I do for my sports, my hobbies, my life? You know, I, I'm a massage therapist of 10 years and focusing and helping people be well has been my career and I've been doing it for everyone else, but not myself up until recently. And it's been very powerful for me to have float help me in that guide me in that right do you think that living that uh that that life that healthier lifestyle has helped you kind of uh, be a better facilitator for others when Absolutely. they come in for therapy themselves because now i'm practicing what i'm preaching right i'm not just giving a lip service to somebody else like i'm actually walking the walk living the life not just talking the talk right i i'm physically in the best condition I've ever been mentally even better I can tackle anything and everything that comes my way and yeah it might be a little hard here and there but that's what life is right, the, right. The, I mean we progress when we're struggling we move forward you know hence the tattoo that I have in my arm to constantly remind me the progress is in the struggle and if it, things were easy we wouldn't be learning about ourselves and about how to handle ourselves in situations. I do think that a lot of times people focus, I mean, you, you do need to focus on the destination of where you're going, but I do think at times people focus a little bit too much on that, not understanding that the journey is like, that's the, 
that that's life. That that's it. You know, I uh, you know I don't know the meaning of life, but as far as I'm concerned, like the meaning of life is like just enjoy the journey and go through it. That's from from what I've realized that that that's it. Um, being present, being there, that's like really really freaking important. The concept of stopping to smelling the roses shouldn't be something that people have to think too much about. They should just do it. They should just stop and appreciate the moment they're in. You know, and my son has helped me teach teach me that. You know, living life through a child's eyes and seeing their perspective and seeing them watch you struggle and persevere. It's just a very simplistic yet complex perspective because it's hard to remove yourself from a situation and see, hey, this is the situation I have. This is the good moment. This is the beautiful moment that I'm experiencing. There's all this other minutiae dragging me down. What, where, where do we go from here? Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I think there's so much that goes into it too. I, I mean, we're, so we're here on Long Island yeah. in New York and it's pretty expensive just to be alive. Right. Just to live, it's like Jesus. <laughs> like, exists. Yeah, it's like man, that's it's tough. Um, and I think that part of our internal survival mechanism realizes that, and it's like, all right, listen, you got to hustle, you got to go, you got stuff to do, you got to, and it's it does make it hard at times to stop and smell the roses because you got stuff to do. It's like I can't stop, I got to go. Like I'm between jobs right now. I'm going from one job to another. You, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's because we live in a society that literally facilitated and conditioned us to think that we need to take better care of our cars and our homes than our own bodies. Yeah. Right? So we, we have to reprioritize our bodies. And I, I like to call it the airplane mentality. The only way when the airplane's going down that you can truthfully help somebody else is if you put that air mask on yourself first. They yep. tell you to do so, right? Yep. Same thing with life. If you take care of yourself, then you can take better care of those around you and the life around you. Everything else will flourish as long as you prioritize you. And I've only been able to come to this realization and this this concept and mentality and way of thought through, you know, coming to the float place and utilizing the services and speaking with with the staff, you know, and guide getting guided because not for nothing as a population we're lost. Mm. We are, and we need guidance. We need a little bit, a little push in the right direction. Yeah, I agree, and it's uh, you know, it it, it is more. Uh, I don't want to say popular is probably not the right word, but it is more uh, talked about. That's better better to say that that you can ask for help and and look outward for others and kind of look for guidance or whatever it is. Um, but a lot of times people are so busy they don't want to like. It's not that not that they don't want it, but they just don't kind of, you know, give it to you the way that you kind of need it. So it is nice to kind of just sit and you know, reflect and just sit and talk and chat and get feedback from others and, and not in a rushed environment and not in a rushed setting. And, you know, a lot of that comes into, comes from like where your mind is. You know, if you just get out of a float and your mind is just nice and chill, like you could talk about a lot of things in a different mindset than when you're, you know, your adrenaline's high and your, your cortisol levels are high. Well, I mean, it makes it hard. It's a huge benefit to be able to sit there and disconnect from all the social media platforms, all the craziness and stimulations of life, they, what I call, and many others call, oxidative stress. Mm. The 
only way to eliminate oxidative stress is to actually completely remove it. And you guys have figured out how to do so. It's hard. <laughs> it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's not, not easy to do it, but but you you've created a a, a scenario where there is no stress happening. Mm. So we can actually literally put the pause button on the brain and say, "Hey, you don't have to stress out about all these different things that are happening in front of you, because nothing's happening in front of you." Yeah, and you can actually sort out what you know your day was, or your month was, or week, what year, whatever reflection you need to move forward. You have it now. Yep. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I'm home and I try to like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take an hour and shut my phone off and just relax, and you know, I won't lie. There are times when it is difficult to do, even just for an hour. Where I'm like, I can't. I, not that I get like the shakes where I got to turn it back on, but I almost feel like I'm not being productive, and I should have it on. And you know, because I do a lot of stuff online now, and you know, just, just the way the world's going. And uh, but when I'm here, it's not. A task, and it's not hard to shut my phone off and kind of forget about it for a while. It's almost like this, like a, like all right, forget about it. It's almost like when you go to a casino and you're elsewhere. Not probably not a casino, not the best thing, but like, well, in a casino, in the sense of like, it's not, it's separated from like reality. It's like a different thing. It's, you got a tunnel vision. Yeah, you get a certain type of tunnel vision that 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 you know you're focused on what it is you're doing, mm-hmm. not necessarily everything that's happening beyond what you're doing. You know, I. I we need a little bit more of a horse blind concept on the right priorities. Yes. Yeah. Because if you only half ask what you're doing, it doesn't give you the benefit that you're looking for. And you're not going to invest into it at yeah. that point. You're not going to, you're not going to be invested into it because if you're, you're not getting the benefits of what you're trying to put out there, why would you, why would you want to proceed and push forward? You have to wholeheartedly jump in. To everything that you do, so that way you get the best results. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Do you that? So you your main benefit before the uh, a match is the mental aspect of it. Do you enjoy like a physical aspect of it? So how does your how is your body after a match? Like are you beat up? Like I'm not really. Yeah. I've only arm wrestled like one or two of my buddies <laughs> in a row, and they're like, all right, you know. So, Let's have another beer. I never did a whole competition. So it's fu- it's funny you mentioned that. We just had a, a tournament, an Arnold qualifier uh, in New Jersey. Um, is uh, at the High Five Club uh, at a Signature Fitness in um, in Jersey. They um, a couple of my guys who were that I trained with that are brand new to the competition world. They had their first tournament ever, um, and they came up to me afterwards and they said. Why am I hurting? I don't hurt after practice like this. It's the intensity of the what's called the ready goes. At the start of the match, it's a lot of power that's going at a very fast rate. A lot of speed and a lot of impact gets to the elbow, to the shoulder, to the wrist. That I, moment that, like, that kicks moment. on, is that why you call it the ready, ready go? Yeah, it's like a ready go. And then like, that's when they go. It's they, from nothing to max torque yes. like immediately. It, it's pretty much like the, similar to the impact of like a car accident. Wow. In a fraction of a second. In a fraction of a second. And so your body is sore after a tournament. And it sometimes takes up to a week to two weeks to recover. Wow. And it, it, it hurts. Body? Yeah. Like how yeah. like when you say body, like you're talking like body body? Yeah, like your entire arm. body. Because with arm wrestling, people think it's just an arm sport. 
Yeah, it's, I thought it was like arm, like shoulder, like it's this. Actually, the arm is what's connected to the other person. You're moving your entire body. Oh, okay. You're using your entire body weight. Your entire mind-body connection literally has to be one unit. And when you tighten up every part of that body and then get impacted like that, it hurts. It hurts. Right, there, okay. There's no two ways about it. It doesn't feel good. You know, it, and so you have to be prepared for that physical torment to a certain degree. Um, but if you're stronger, then it won't hurt as much. Got it. And so that's where a lot of the strengthening and conditioning aspect comes into play. And I train very hard. I'm right now training for uh, Mr. Olympia. Wow. When's that? That's going to be in Vegas in uh, December 17th. Qualified already? I'm going? already qualified. My I'm man. Going. So I have, I have training has been grueling two practices a week. In, the, in my workout um, gym in my house, probably about two to three hours a week spread throughout the whole entire week. And it is an arduous task. And, you know, I, I got to focus on also my recovery aspect because you, if you train hard, you got to recover even harder. Yeah, you can probably get sick pretty easily. You can get sick, you can get hurt, you can get injuries. I know so, it's a big thing with CrossFit individuals. Like they get, you know, they train too hard. And it's like they get. They get sick. They, yeah. they lower their immune system. Mm. And they weaken their, their body and their, their resolve. And, you know, so training hard is good. But you got to give your body some time to rest, to recover. Right, right, right. And a good hard stop to that intensity is floating. For me. I was going to say, a good recovery has got to be flying in a pool of Epsom salt doing nothing. Yes. Right. Well, <laughs> the Epsom salt aspect, that's something that I feel like that not many people actually know about. Mm -hmm. I recommend it in my practices regularly as a massage therapist. It's a great, powerful anti-inflammatory tool. You know, so laying in that for the 90 minutes that I'm laying in is I can feel the inflammation just seeping out of my body. And it's passive. You don't have to do anything or try. Just, exactly. Just, you take a nap. Just chill. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. all good. Exactly. So it's true, truly beneficial in many different, you know, regards and, and aspects of recovery, just just physical and mental. Wow, man. So what do you? So Mr. Olympia is December seventeenth. So what is the difference in um, adrenaline and like intensity when you're practicing twice a week versus when you're sitting there in front of a crowd and it's you know, ready to go. It, I got to think it's, you know. It's a completely different ball game. Um, I guess that's you, why some of the first timers are sore afterwards. And like, what the hell? I've been practicing. And now why am I so sore now? Because yeah. it's got to be. It's Because it, it, you know what? You have all these people screaming during a match. All these people yelling. You, you're trying to remember all the training that you've done up until then. And all the different moves and tactics. And, and it's very much like chess meets judo. At the okay. arm wrestling table because, you know, you're all about different angles and positions. So if they apply a certain pressure here, you have to respond with this specific pressure. So it's not just strength. It's not just strength. And There's a lot of technical, you know, aspect to it. Huge technical aspect. And if you're approaching the match like it's a checkers game, you're going to lose. Got it. You're going to lose. So it's strength, it's mental fortitude, and it's tactical ability. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's... There's a lot of mental warfare that occurs, too, because there's a lot of people who actually have personalities out there that they'll talk to you across the table. So they're actually getting into your head. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that That's mental it. fortitude is 
huge and a very, very important role in what we do. Man, I can't imagine. Yeah, you let him in and it's it. It's over. Absolutely. And it being a niche sport, it's not many people know that there's a lot of mental capacity involved in it. Not many people know. Oh, you just put your arm on the table and you pull them over. And it's much more than that. Right. So when I first opened the float place, I had a tank in my basement for about a year and a half. And then we opened up Deer Park. About two months after I opened, a month month or two after I opened, I somehow got set up with uh, Kevin Nelson. You know who Kevin Nelson is? Yeah, I know who Kevin is. Yeah, so Kevin Nelson and a film crew from AMC came to my house and filmed him getting in and getting out of my float tank, Serenity, in my basement for that show, Game of Arms. Game of Arms, That was yes. on AMC. And if you watch episode one, when they're to, when they're showing you know doing the intro of all the the uh, New York crew, they show him very briefly getting in and getting out of the float tank. It's like oh, there's my tank, there it is, and it's like this like that, Serenity's like moment in the sun. You know what I mean? That is awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Kevin's a great man, great arm wrestler, and you yeah. know, he's a great uh, actor now too. Great apparently, actor. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's doing big things. Ah, oh, nice. Did that if you don't mind? Sorry, it's just a little alarm to make sure that we can go over timer. Um. Yeah, Kevin's a good dude. It's yeah. a, in su- such a small world, but that was when I first kind of got introduced to arm wrestling and how much of it was mental, Absolutely. more than just physical. That, that than I thought that it was, you know. As, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot to be said about the mental aspect of a of, of an athlete. Mm-hmm. Athletes are not just grunty Neanderthals, you know that just are in the gym, working out constantly. No, there's much more to it. There's a lot more calculation. There's a lot more research that goes into becoming an athlete in whatever sport you're getting into. I got to think that, like, as I get older now, I realize it more and more. There are so, so many people in the world. It's like, there's just so many. I think I just saw a thing this morning that we just passed 8 billion people on Earth. Um. So, out of all those 8 billion, these are the professionals. In whatever respect, darts, cooking, wrestling, arm wrestling, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, to get to that level of professional, no matter whatever you're doing, you have to be mentally focused. There's no way that you can get to that level and not have a mental ability to focus in on that and essentially be obsessed with it. Because if you're not obsessed with it and you don't love it like you were saying before, you're not going to get the results. If you just sit down at the, at the you know... At, what do you call it? A table? Yeah, the armrest table. Yeah, if you sit down at a table and you're like not in, not all the way confident you're going to win, and you're not even really into it, you might as well just fold. Like I don't know why you're even sitting down. You know, people who do things for the sake of doing them, mm-hmm. they don't get the, the the same results. They don't yield the same results. Right. You know, people who have the passion, those are the people you want to stick around. Those are the people you want to watch. Those are people who enjoy what they do. Yep. And it's and it's obvious yep. on how they do it. And the other people seem to kind of usually get filtered out for the most part. Yeah. Like, you know, again, to get to that professional level, you got to be focused and you got to be in it. I mean, the, one of the greatest things about the sport of arm wrestling, unlike any other sport, you can be well into your 60s and still be at the top. As of right now, there's a gentleman by the name of John Brzezink. He's 57 years old and he is probably one of the world's greatest arm wrestlers still to date, actively wow. arm wrestling and competing. Because hands must just be like 
They're massive. Mitts. They're they're <laughs> massive. These things are they're not human. Just crushing beer kegs. <laughs> yeah, it, it's incredible. You know, and we look at other strength sports to try to expand the viewing of arm wrestling because there there are no other strength sports that you can be well into your sixties. 70s even there's a guy named norm devio i think he's like 78 years old and he is still arm wrestling and kicking butt on the table like he is dominating the entire scene wow that guy's heart must be healthy as hell you know what i mean like for real must be like oh my god i imagine so i would hope so wow (laughs) that's freaking awesome man well i want you to come back after um after you go to vegas in december Okay, Mr. Absolutely. Mr. Olympia? Is that yeah, Mr. Olympia, yep. Well, best of luck to you, man. Thank and, you, thank uh, you. you. know, definitely float before you get going, float when you come back. I mean, you'll doubt, be in that's your... going to be definitely part of the plan. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Dan. Appreciate it. My and, pleasure. Uh, yeah, take care, everyone. Later. Bye. Awesome.